Welcome to Dry Clean Only, conversations on fashion and style. I'm your host, Kristen Cole in New York. I'm a fashion consultant with 20 years experience in the industry as a high concept retailer, fashion director, founder, and buyer. On this podcast, I sit with designers, stylists, experts, authors, innovators, and leaders in the space to bring you casual conversations around the many industry topics of the moment with insights and observations along the way. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so today we have episode number 27, where I have the pleasure of speaking with Sander Locke, the creative director of Cis Marjan, a New York-based luxury brand that developed quite the fashion and art world following, responsible for some of the most sublimely beautiful collections to have come out of New York between its founding in 2016 to 2020, when the brand sadly shut its doors during peak pandemic times. Today, Sander and I catch up at Broadway Gallery in Tribeca on everything he's been up to since that time, including the release last month of his gorgeous new book, The Colors of Cis Marjan, published by Rizzoli, out now. My copy is littered with post-its of color and style inspo. Before we jump into the interview, it's early December 2020, deep winter here in New York. I'm already itching for some sunshine. Everyone's talking about obsessing over White Lotus, of course. Thank God for that show. I hope there's a thousand more seasons, all with Jennifer Coolidge. Everyone's talking about this week's incredible New York Magazine cover, Reasons to Love New York Right Now, very Alex Prager-esque, featuring many of New York's cultural art and fashion world luminaries, including Tom Brown, Julia Fox, Paul Rudd looking cheerful as ever, Laurie Simmons in Parto, Lynn Yeager, Annie Hamilton, Keith McNally, Ebony Haynes, Christine Baranski, all lens by photographer Pelly Cass in the meatpacking, so great. This week, fashion shows all around the world, incredible settings, fashion's destination shows are persisting, in some ways great, culturally speaking, and in others, just deepening the industry's heavy carbon footprint. So I don't know how I feel about them, but so many gorgeous settings, that's for sure. Dior Men showed in Cairo, Egypt this week against a background of pyramids. Celine is scheduled to show today, Women's 23, Women's Winter 23, at the Wiltern in Los Angeles, one of my favorite venues in LA for music back when I lived there, totally iconic, very historic Hollywood. Brunello Cuccinelli is also set to stage a party today in LA. Chanel's very exclusive Medier d'Art event is in destination show mode as well, showing in Africa in Dakar, Senegal, in a history-making three-day event. The film is released today, December 8th. The 2022 British Fashion Awards were earlier this week in London with Naomi Campbell stunning in Silver Valentino, Florence Pugh also in Valentino in a dark burgundy red backless dress with a train, Jody Turner-Smith in neon green Gucci, and five other looks. Pier Paolo Piccioli, winning designer of the year for his work with Valentino, Grace Wills Bonner, winning independent British brand of the year, and too many other fashion moments for me to talk about here, but it looked pretty amazing. Not in attendance, Demna and Balenciaga still weathering the fallout and brand damage from Balenciaga's two highly criticized, really concerning and offensive ad campaigns. Though the brand and Demna have now issued public apologies, we'll see how the brand rebounds. They have said they have new systems in place, but really, I just cannot imagine, like any creative working in fashion, how those images 
got released and printed. There are usually so many eyes on these types of things before they go public. So yeah, from marketing VPs to publicists to executives to the creatives to the agency, the people on set, it's just really strange and concerning. Um, We'll see what happens. Last week, we also had the crushing news that Alessandro Michele is leaving Gucci. Very curious to see what's next for him and for the house. Okay, now on to what you're here for, my conversation with Sander Locke. So anyways, Sander, I'm so happy to have you on the pod today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. So we have not seen each other definitely since before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I'm just so curious. What have you been up to? Where have you been living? What's been going on these past couple of years? So uh, after we closed the company, uh, let's say September 2020, I took a long break. You know, it was the middle of the pandemic and uh, it was the right time for me to step back and, you know, take a break. We lived in, my partner and I, we lived in LA for almost a year. That's what I heard, that you you were in LA. Yeah, he's in the film industry, so he was filming in LA for a while. So it was the perfect time to just be like, you know what, let's just pack up our stuff and yeah. go somewhere else and sit in the sun LA while is a nice yeah. place to be to exactly yeah. while the world is on fire i think yeah. la is a, a pretty good place to just kind of relax and chill out write it out yeah, yeah. exactly write it out a bit yeah totally. yeah that's kind of what we did what i did the first year and then i did a collaboration with uh, maharam uh, okay. which is a furniture yeah. um the fa- uh, the upholstery fab- yeah the yeah. fabric oh, yeah so, so good. that was really fun to do it was a completely different world yeah you know a different timeline yeah. like all of a sudden i was dealing with like you know we'll we'll try to get the lab dips in in time but you know it could be a few weeks or you know like we might release it like next month or two months after that you know like and then once it's in stores it will be in stores forever and ever for as long as there's a demand which is a completely different thing from fashion you know which is so much about you know this short window seasonality and like this has nothing to do with that so that yeah. was kind of like an eye-opening little like side project yeah Plus and then you i started working on the book something that is so much more lasting which is kind exactly. of fun yeah that's cool yeah and it's also really interesting to do something creatively mm-hmm. that then you know is going to live for a long time exactly like i'm so used to create something yeah that lives for a very short time yeah I mean, you know, yes, people have it in their closet of and they course. live their lives with it, yeah. but it lives for a very short time in that kind of moment creative of, mode. yeah, exactly, yeah. of a creative mode and also the moment of like when it's actually for people to get it, you yeah. know, to buy it. Like yeah. you have to be very quick yeah. to be able to, you know, yeah. and, and with these fabrics, like they're still on sale and, you know, they're now like, you know, almost two years old and they will be in two years time and like in five years. Time, I have to still look be. this up and this is just Sander. Yeah. Lock so this is, yeah, Maharam? exactly. So oh Maharam X Sander Lock and it's like, a, as you I know, slowly I did, redo my house, I need yes. to look at these. Yeah. Yes. It's 250 colors. Oh um, yeah. It's a, it was like, a, it was literally just a little like, you yeah. know, amazing side project to do at that time. also to kind of make me work on something not fashion related like to be honest for a year I couldn't look at anything I couldn't really you know I I didn't buy anything I didn't look at anyone or I didn't read anything I was just so not in that mode yeah which is a new thing because I've never in my life not 100% loved and been obsessed with what I do so it's kind of like a real reset yeah Yeah. which is great it is is great honestly great it's like hard to do and you know it's 
just I feel like 2020 was that for a number of people. Yeah. There's this book that I talk about all the time. I'll probably edit this out um, by Jenny O'Dell called Inhabiting the Negative Space. I don't oh, know yeah. if you've ever read it. It's so great. Yeah. It's it's actually like a speech that she gave, but it's all about, you know, what happens in that quiet time yeah. for a creative. Yeah. And it's really it made me view downtime yeah. in a whole new way, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And also, like, I think quiet time is not something that we were allowed or you know it's not even like oh you can't do it because you're so busy it's also like you feel bad about taking time off when you're in that rat race of fashion which you know is really exhilarating as well and it's very exciting to be like go 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 next 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 but you know I before Six Marjan I worked for you know almost 10 years you know behind the scenes for other brands and then doing Six Marjan for five years you know like it it you kind of really have had this full length of time where there has never been a break and it's not about you know even now i'm i'm trying to almost justify it it's like it's not that i you know wanted to take a break i love what i do but it's it's, again like i'm kind of sort of like almost justifying like you know not having taken a break and it's kind of unhealthy yeah Yeah, exactly it's really unhealthy and i really realized that as well you know like i think we all got so obsessed with like being hyper productive exactly so many people did and it's um I mean, it's kind of unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like from so many different, not only just yeah. for yourself as a human being, but yeah. also for all of the stuff that we're putting out. Totally. And like, do we really need to buy everything that is available? And do we exactly. really need to put out so much stuff? And It's like uh, a real manic phase I feel yes. like we were in. And now maybe we're yeah. hopefully getting to some other i don't know <laughs> we'll see. i mean yeah let's see yeah. let's see jury's jury's out on that well yeah. i love what you're wearing today i love Thank that you. you're wearing baby blue and yes. do you still wear a lot of cis marjan um i have my periods of yeah. when i wear it there are certain items that i don't wear anymore because there were certain mm-hmm. things that i really wore as a you know when you are the creative director of a brand you have to represent your brand and um i always wore it because i loved it and i always yeah. made stuff for myself yeah. but there's also a part of that where um that really is, it, it's like complicated for me to wear certain things because I feel like that chapter is done and I feel totally. like I'm not that, I'm that person because yeah. I am still 100%, you know, that same person. Yeah. But, you know, if we would have continued Cis Marjan, I would have also moved in a, you know, in a certain direction and yeah. I would have probably changed some of the, the things of how things looked and how I would look. So I feel like I'm in that stage myself as well. So I totally. wear things um, that I love yeah. there's certain things that I love that I don't wear anymore yeah. and it's also I haven't bought like much since the pandemic yeah. um, so I also have to just go through my closet and totally. you know 90% of it is Cismarjan so I also just sometimes I'm just like well I don't have that much else so exactly. I'm just gonna, so wear, gonna wear it yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good and it's honestly as a you know buyer fashion director whatever you know sometimes I would buy lines for a certain client sometimes I would buy it for a certain location like you know Dusan is great in Napa or whatever you know Brandon Maxwell works in Dallas you know you you have these things that you buy Cis Marjan was definitely something I bought for myself oh, I just loved nice. it so much and I have so much in my closet I've gotten rid of so much color because I, I went through like a little bit of a black phase mm-hmm. um, but I still have all of my Cis Marjan and it really is one of those kind of like you know Dries or Prada like a very continuous conversation yeah. where it all like I could wear all Cis Marjan like yeah. going through this book I was like oh my god <laughs> devastating I want all of this and like regretting the pieces I didn't buy for myself That's nice. personally but yeah. it's it's so good and it's just such a yeah it's such a clear vision when did you well first of all I'm talking for the audience I'm talking about his new book which is The Colors of Cis Marjan uh, by Sander Locke which is 
coming out by Rizzoli in November. So exciting, such a gorgeous, gorgeous book dedicated to color and the collection. How did Cis Marjan, the label, come about? Well, I was uh, living and working in Antwerp at the time, and I was um, at that stage where I had been there for almost five years and you know I had worked before um, Antwerp I worked in Paris and I worked in New York and I worked in London and so I've had all of these experiences of working for different brands mm-hmm. uh, completely different types of brands um, and I really felt that I was at that point where I wanted to see what else is out there and not just you know what other you know because once you get to a certain stage of, of a certain job position it's quite hard, you know, to find something that is very different because, you know, if you are a, you know, uh, designer for house A, B or C, like the job is roughly the same. The product is different and the type of environment is different, but you're kind of doing the same thing. So I felt like, you know, after that many years in Antwerp, uh, I really felt like I wanted to kind of see how I can move away from that and what else I could do. And obviously everyone, you know, every, not every designer's dream, but many designer's dream is to have their own label, which is something that's very complicated to do. So when I was sort of putting the feelers out there at the time, so this was 20, what's that, 14? Yeah, 2014. Um, I got a lot of like job offers and interviews for the same type of jobs that I was doing uh, at Ries van Ota, but then at a different company, which I felt like, yes, it's great and it's a different company, and but you know, is it really a, a, a move, a next move? And then I got um, reached out by someone to do something in New York, which was a bit of an unusual situation. So it was a, uh, a company that existed that was kind of uh, at the end of its of its story and uh, they wanted to sort of revive it. And I uh, spoke with, with, with people and then we kind of understood that, you know, we could revive it, but we can also create something new. And what we did sort of in a nutshell, obviously, this is like a very short version of all of those conversations and, you know, in depth and yeah, Yeah. Uh, we kind of realized that, you know, it's a great opportunity to instead of, you know, keep reviving things, which I, I still believe that, you know, certain things, yes, absolutely, you know, we should try and keep certain things alive. But I don't think everything has to be revived all the time. And I think this was a situation where I felt like, instead of reviving something, Let's just start from scratch, see what we have, which was a fully functioning atelier, yeah. you know, pattern makers, sewers, you know, that were, there were people in places. Your offices were incredible. They oh, were, thank you. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Whole it was like a real like couture atelier. And then I, um, you know, I, we saw like, you know, Joey uh, Laurenti, my CEO and I and, and, and Nancy, uh, the investor, we kind of like looked at it. We were like, you know, if we start something new, let's really use what we have, mm-hmm. you know, add to it what we need and kind of really it's almost like you are building a house, you know, on the foundation that is already there. Yeah. So it's not like you have to completely redo yeah. the foundation and start digging and like it, the foundation was yeah. there. So then it was really uh, from the creative point of view, it was my job to kind of, OK, what do we have? So we have these pattern makers, yeah. these, these sewers, you know, who are trained in a sort of couture way. Yeah. How I'm not a couture designer, like my background is actually in menswear. So, yeah. you know, women's wear is something I sort of accidentally sort of happened yeah. to fall into. So for me, it was really... Which was incredible, by the way. Thank like, you. your menswear and the more, I guess, you know, unisex styles, of course. But yeah, the women's wear was gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a real... 
I think why I love doing women's wear is because I wasn't as trained in it, in it as men's wear. Men's wear comes so natural to me yeah. that I can always do it with my eyes closed. So yeah. sometimes you can get a little bit lazy with it totally. as well. And women's wear sort of had this tension of, of like, okay, wait, think, think about this, yeah. which I think made it sometimes better, you know. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so we, we, we really, you know, I really try to build the brand, which then after six months of trying to figure out how to name it, um, we called it Cisse Marjan and, and, and I built what Cisse Marjan became on what the ingredients were, what were there. Yeah. So Cisse Marjan is unique to that situation. Yeah. That's why it isn't my name, yeah. um, because I also felt that this is a, uh, a kind of setup that you know, it's really it's specific. It's a brand. It's a brand, creating. exactly. And yeah. I created Cis Marjan with yeah. all of that that I had. Which is your parents' names. Exactly. Which I never, which I never knew, and I didn't even think to ask, which is so <laughs> dumb. But um, yeah, it's really... Yeah, so Cis is my father's first name, and Marjan yeah. is my mom's first name. It's so it's kind of like, you know, I wanted it to be personal, uh, but not be my name. Yeah. So that's kind of the closest, you know, it can get to me without it being me. Okay, so I want to read um, a quote from... Uh, your statement, which is, if I were to summarize C. Marjan, I would borrow the words from my friend Donna Tart, who once wrote, colors so bright they nearly broke my heart, which is just such a gorgeous quote, mm. and I love her, love her writing. Did Was it a, a instinctive idea, or was it, you know, part of this brand ideation? How did you decide that this is a collection built around color? Uh, that I was really... Like, I feel like everyone was like the colors, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that is one of those lessons I always tell people when, when they ask me, uh, like students or people who are starting in the industry, like, how, you know, how do you find your, you know, your niche or your, your kind your of specialty? And like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think in this example, I did not, you know, sit around a table and speak to like several people and, and PR marketing or whatever and be like, okay, what is missing? What can we fill in? Like, it wasn't like that at all. It was just something that comes really natural to me. Like I um, think and see things in color. So yeah. I wasn't even thinking about color when we did the first collection. Like I, that wasn't like choosing the colors was like a two minute process of right. the collection it, it was just like up on a brand board no like, this is about color. no not at all and then when we did the first collection everyone was talking about the color and i just kept thinking the color why that was like the easiest thing like you know look at the codes or look yeah. at this and then you know yes they were loved all of that stuff too but they were really like oh my god these colors and then only then you know we sort of realized like oh that's our thing yeah that that's maybe our thing and then the second collection we did um, i really sort of hammered on it and then i also really realized that instead of it being like okay this thing that i do really well and I can do in five minutes like let's really start you know putting a lot of energy into this idea yeah. of what is the color card yeah. and what does that mean and then from that season on that was really sort of the method of how we worked so we started with color so yeah. nothing else was decided before I had a color card I love that that's really uh, I don't know it's just always fascinating fascinating to me how you know creatives come about you know all the things they create from art you know to designers to musicians um Let's talk about your color names, which is page 14 of your book, which I just thought was so great. I love the, the color name Pink Panther Pink. I was like <laughs> obsessed with that. You have some of the best names. I'm going to read a few of them. Baskin Blue, Blood Orange, Cotton Candy, no, Candy Cotton, Cheese, Cherry, Chocolate, Cookie Monster Blue, Neo Green. That's a really good one. I definitely have some of that. Miso, Lotus. Peyton Pink, and you have Elizabeth Peyton who wrote um, the foreword in yeah. this, which is gorgeous. Strawberry Milkshake. What are some of your 
favorite colors if you had to choose or, or what's the color that to you is you know the great clarifier oh that's such a hard question I know. I that's like that'd ask, be hard for you yeah that's like asking a mother of 10 to yeah. pick their favorite child totally. i i mean i have phases i have like like what you were saying earlier like you know like you go through a phase where you want to wear black and then you want to wear pink and you wear green and you know and I think I I have that my faces are a little bit more short-lived so I'm like just extremely obsessed with a certain color and that's all I can see and then I kind of you know cheat on that color with another color and I just you know I'm like just not (laughs) I'm just like whoring myself through the color cards and I'm just like sleeping with all of them (laughs) And and I have my moment so you know there are certain colors that are you know easier certain colors that are complicated but I think it also depends on you know easy from what point of view like easy to wear or easy to live in easy to have as your couch easy you know as a lipstick or you know like there's so many different everything has a color so ways to live with color yeah Yeah. and I think I I don't see color um, in that way of course when we were working on the collection then we would really zoom zoom in on a color and be like okay what skin tones would work with this and will it alienate something or can we do this in a natural and fabric? season and exactly yeah, yeah. Um, this picture that happens to be next to what I'm reading is that picture from that um, show you did where you had all the confetti fly yes. out it was so beautiful oh my gosh I love that show. that was the one before last yeah, yeah that was that was gorgeous um where was that that was somewhere downtown I don't remember yeah it was at the uh courthouse yeah uh, we always had really there. special locations all of the locations we did except for maybe one or two there were locations that have never been uh a show in it and like we always really did a lot yeah, of yeah very like edit, historic yeah. but then you'd have like this really loud like rave music going on so it was yeah. really nice I mean I definitely you know when I would think of Cis Marjan of course would think about color but I would also think about all of these like textures and like you know the iridescent fabrics and the glittery and the are are these colors to you like iridescent um yes yes i mean you know color and texture sometimes yeah hologram pieces yeah you have those hologram pieces reflective pieces you know we had some yeah like really high gloss high glitter uh i think you know surface can you know, dull or enhance a, a color. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the surface is necessarily a color, but it's a tool to make a color do something. You know, so I what, what I always love doing is uh, uh, creating lab dips, which is basically little swatches that the factory will send back of the fabric that you're choosing in the mm. colors that you have. So great. Yeah. So what I love doing is like having, you know, our color card of, let's say, you know, 20 colors and I would have like, you know, 40 different fabrics and they would make these little swatches in all of these colors and there were so many times when a certain fabric in a certain color you know would just create such an intensity that I would never have guessed because fabric is you know a material it's surface it's you know it it, it absorbs it reflects it's you know there's so many different things and and a color is the ingredient you sort of put with it so yeah. there's a lot of mixes that happen so if you're asking me you know is iridescent or is glitter a color um i don't think they are a color but they are an, an enhancer of color yeah. or something that makes a call a color dull or something totally. that makes a color pop or you know there's so many different things that yeah. can happen and adds like a whole other um mood or yeah, and dimension. to it yeah, yeah. i mean I, I have a number of like your like glittery kind of sweaters and yeah. stuff and yeah they're just like a, it's a whole vibe yeah i mean i'm itself. also like um what is that bird called uh a um peacock no not a peacock no no no, no. i'm not a peacock at all <laughs> it's the other one a magpie i'm oh, a magpie yeah. you like, like i love things. a shiny sparkling mm-hmm. thing yes i always have um, yeah, I just get a really like uh, excited yeah. by it. No, it's so good. And I love the photography in your book. So, I mean, the book really is 
such eye candy. It's so beautiful. I can see a lot of, you know, art references in here. You have Elizabeth Payton, you have Marlene Dumas, you have Sarah, how do you pronounce her name? Say? Say, yeah. Sarah Say. Yeah, yeah so great. Julia Murray, too. Yeah, Julia yeah. Murray, too. Um, I love. And you have um, an interview with Sheila Hicks in yes, here. Yes, yeah. And Rem Kohlhaas. And with, Isabella yeah. Rossellini. And I, mean, I mean, the list goes on and on. Like, there's Alice Neal work. There's like, I, I really, I, I mean, love. when people ask me sometimes, like, um, like, oh, you know, like it must have been, you know, uh, so great to do the book. And I always say like, yes, it was an absolute joy and pleasure to do yeah. it. But it was also so much work. It was like a I'm year sure. of just like every single day, like Sifting chasing, through so many. emailing, yeah. like getting rights, getting this, getting yeah. that. Like it's like a whole, it's I'm such sure. a complicated thing. I'm and it was sure. just me and the, you know, yeah, and, and, and he solely sort of like giving me deadlines, you know. Totally. And, but it was one of the most gratifying things I've, yeah. I've ever done. Yeah. You know, it's also a really nice way to ch close that chapter, yeah. you know, and I'm sure you are on to many amazing things, um, which we'll get to. But, you know, I just think how nice to have that whole yeah. beautiful experience in, in this book. I, I mean, that was also really the reason why yeah. it exists. Like, yeah. a, the, you know, when when we closed the company and I was in LA and like after like nine months or something, I was like, you know, my, my sort of like fashion, uh, like, you know, uh, energy sort of came back and I was like okay I'm ready I can move on I can yeah. write I'm ready ready I started sort of you know reaching out I'd be like okay I'm ready to do yeah. something and you know I, I got some interviews and some, yeah. some offers and things and and everything felt not right everything felt sort of it was kind yeah. of like dating after a yeah, divorce and totally. I'm just like okay I'm dating but I'm like yeah. something isn't right and it wasn't the things that were yeah. coming at me it was that I haven't I, I didn't actually close it totally. I didn't close that chapter well they they always say it takes like half the time of the relationship or yes. whatever and you know like this is a five yeah. brand it takes a minute yeah yeah and that's exactly why I really yeah. felt you know at that point like okay I cannot move on from this until I close it and yeah. a book is for me the most you know perfect way to close this chapter That's so, so when great. I had the yeah, yeah when I had the book in my hands like uh, a few weeks ago the yeah. first copy the yeah. first actual copy yeah. from that moment on I really felt like oh okay I'm so proud of all the yeah. work we did and I'm so happy that you know that was there totally. and only now we did do i really feel like i can look back at it there's no pain there's yeah. no you know nothing it's all positive it's all love and i can move on from it and totally. i think i needed to make this book yeah to, to it's get a to really point. um like beautiful honoring of that brand yeah. and i mean this was definitely one of the most important brands in new york in the teens for sure thank like, you everyone loved this brand what a great portfolio this is your, this that is is your well. work yeah. for the last five years. Um, I love this picture. I'm assuming you took it of the croc with the um, yeah, that's that's in uh, it. yeah, that that's one of my godchildren. She uh, she put um, so a little cute. croc with her. Like what is it called? The the, the food, the the cereal. It's like a, yeah, I think Fruit Loops. The Fruit maybe, Loops, yeah, exactly. Right? Which yeah. have always the most amazing yes, artificial great colors. colors. Which oh you gosh. should not digest, but somehow no. you know we're okay oh with God. that. I haven't eaten that in forever, but I would love to. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> so so great. Do you take a lot of photographs just in your daily life, like of color moments or? Yeah, I do. I, yeah. I really have a whole database on my phone of yeah. a whole database of color snaps yeah. and a whole kind of like a. Reference. Do you file you know. it by color? Um, I I am not doing that anymore. I used to do it. I did yeah. it for the book. You yeah. know, that's also why some of them are yeah. in the book. But since the book, I haven't done it, so I kind of need a, a reason to do it. But yeah. I. 
I also feel like I know I have sort of I mean I don't want to say I have a photographic memory but I I really remember remember. imagery so I know like oh yeah I saw this door handle in Estonia like two years ago and I know where when that was and I can sort of find it back amazing I can tell you're quite a nomad and I know you you moved around you know all over the world when you were young with your family what city feels like home to you uh that's that's hard that's a hard question you know I I was born in Brunei. I lived in Malaysia as a kid in Africa and Scotland and Holland. I'm Dutch originally. I, you know, I lived in Belgium, France, England, uh, America. Like I, I, it's a complicated question because my home is kind of where my things are, where my books are, you know, where my clothes are, where um, I, I, I have a house upstate. So that is home. You know, it's, it's, it's not always, I think the question of what is home is a complicated question for me personally. I feel at home where my things are, but I also kind of, my dad was a real nomad in that sense. And he, you know, he really traveled all around the world for his job and that's where he was happiest. And I sometimes have a little bit of that trait too. So when I get stuck somewhere, I get a little like, you know, like jittery and yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, right now, it's a complicated time to live in America. Let's be honest. It's, it's uh, an awful time. It's I'm a very hard time. Constantly upset that I have no dual citizenship anywhere else. <laughs> so stuck here. I know. I'm. I'm. I. I. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm sorry for you. I. I'm really lucky in that sense that I have you know a European passport and you know. I, but I also don't want to just cop out and be like you know what now it's not giving me you what can't I just need. Just like to, leave. No, but, no. but it is. It is a very complicated. It's a very scary complicated time. Yeah. And and you know I I kind of have to figure out what to do with that you know I have always lived my life according to my career like my career dictated where I was living who I was dating where I was going what I was doing what I was seeing like you know it was just like it 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 dictated really my life because it put me somewhere you know like because I never was limited by anything so all of a sudden I would find myself in Antwerp and then in Paris and then in New York and you know so I've never really um I've never really had to the kind of choose that myself and I'm now in this stage where I have an open kindness to it so I can yeah. kind of choose these things and um, and then you start questioning it you know like it yeah. would be easier to just be like okay I'm just going to go there for that reason totally. um, yeah when you yeah. deliberately have to kind exactly. of choose exactly. as opposed to just be brought along yeah. what cities have you enjoyed living in the most um, like New York LA Paris I mean, I loved LA. I have to say, LA's fun. Yeah, I mean, it gets a I, bad I, rap, but there's some things about it that are pretty dreamy. Yeah, I mean, it's a horrible city, and it's horrible with so many different reasons. And yeah. I mean, oh my god, the people sometimes, and and the things, I and lived the, there for nine the years, priorities, so yeah. and yeah. it's yeah. all fucked up. But oh my god, people are insane. In yeah, LA. but you know, I also. I kind of like that friction as well. Like, you know, like I, I got so excited that the first time I went to Las Vegas, for example, and I was just like, it was so artificial and it was so weird and so foreign to me. And I was just like, oh my God, this is like heaven. Yeah. Um, so LA is a little bit like that yeah. too, where it's like, it's so different from where everything. Where were you in LA? Um, Laurel Canyon. Oh, that's where I used to live in, oh. Nichol- in Nichols Canyon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I lived like really uh, 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 so right nice. Oh, I and, love and, like, it there. Driving along Mulholland Drive. Yeah. And, like, yeah. That's where we had our first baby out there. And then, you know, ended up finally moving back. But yeah, it's kind of um, outside of the many issues with LA. It's also very just cinematic and dreamy. And there's yeah. some, some really nice things about yeah. it. Oh, what are some of the like most inspiring things you've seen or done lately. And I was thinking about you recently knowing I was going to interview you. Do you like Wolfgang Tillman's? I feel like. Oh yeah, of course. Did you see the MoMA? I did. I just saw it. So good. I did a really good, I had a really good 
New York day where I went to see Wolfgang and then I went to see Alex Katz at Ooh. the Guggenheim, which so nice. I mean, both of them are like such, yeah, yeah. like iconic. Amazing. Yeah. Any tried and true uh, color combinations? Like for me, when I went through my black phase, it was so <laughs> easy to get dressed in the morning. And that was partially, you know, I just like, I couldn't think about fashion, kind of same thing. I needed like a little moment away from it. And I was like, just dressing in black is so fucking easy. You know, it's just like, if you can narrow that down, you get dressed in four seconds. And for me, when I'm really trying to think about color, it takes me a few minutes. Does getting dressed in color, you know, come instinctively to you or? I mean, it comes instinctively to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. But uh, what I ha did always talk about with, with mm. clients and, yeah. you know, when, when I would have those questions, I do think like, for example, I really have to think if I'm not wearing color, like for me, that is more complicated. Yeah. Um, so I do, I, I understand the concept of complication when it comes yeah. to that. So I always said that sometimes there are definitely times and days when mm -hmm. you don't want to think and it's fine. Yeah. But I do think that thinking about what you are wearing, mm -hmm. that including, you know, the kind of garments, the kind yeah. of color, the kind of material um, is also part of what is the most amazing thing about fashion, because, totally. you know, we we put our identity and, and who we are and how we feel partly on how we yeah. feel about ourselves which yeah. is you know related to what we are wearing and how we're communicating and how that. we're communicating no, that's yeah that's true yeah so and i always feel like yeah. that kind of those kind of questions are yeah. interesting to play with and i yeah. totally understand that that's yeah. not for every day no but i do think it's something you know i know from experience and i've heard it from many people when they when they wear a certain color yeah it makes them happy totally. so if you are really happy when you see pink and you're wearing yeah. pink that day like and it brightens your face or your skin looks totally. better because you know like there's all these effects that that totally. color has on your skin tone and your yeah. hair and your and your mood and your even yeah. your posture and like and i think if you start playing with that and you start experimenting you start yeah. understanding what a certain color does yeah there are certain days when i'm like i just need to wear a neon yellow because yeah. I look tanned when I, I have that. when I wear neon yellow yeah. so I, when I feel like really like dull in my right. face like I exactly if I look healthy I wear neon yellow oh, so that. once you start understanding those yeah. codes you it's almost like you know taking like a a pill for your headache or like you know like you can you can really fix yourself like with a wearing little antidote like yeah. a little way that's so interesting i also like in your forward to the book how you talk about and i mean i won't get all depressed but like you know in a real way you know it's a it's a dark world out there mm -hmm. and you know having a little bit of joy and color and optimism in what you wear yeah i was thinking about that a lot since reading that yesterday um <laughs> but i was like oh, but it, it's so it's so true well i also think that with that like I, and I've been thinking about it a lot obviously not mm -hmm. just because I was writing the piece but but in general I've been thinking a lot because it has been a very complicated few years yeah. not just in this country in the yeah, world and you know sometimes you question or I questioned you know what my purposes or what I'm doing and, yeah. and why is it important and you know and, and one of the things that I really discovered especially in sort of the darkest periods of the pandemic and yeah. you know where we have all lost so much and 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 in my case you know like my life changed you know from one yeah. day to the next such an extreme way like yeah. many other people yeah. of course but I can only speak for my own experience yeah. um, the only thing that would really sort of connect me with sort of a positivity or sort of a hopefulness was like you know the art section in the newspaper so you know the music section in in, right. in the newspaper it was never 
the actual news it was never you know and and i'm not a sports person so that doesn't connect to me but i can imagine for a lot of people it's the sports section you know like it's kind of like what we do with our brains and with our bodies and what we can create is so important especially now because you know it won't necessarily solve you know directly anything but it is like it's a it's a mood stabilizer it's a it's a connector it's it's a humanizing kind of factor of life yeah and even in dark times you know we all are allowed to seek happiness and find it in our own way not just allowed i think we are obliged to do it because otherwise if we how all go in a spiral sustain? yeah yeah how else do you then sustain? let's just end let's just stop yeah, you know exactly <laughs> no that's far too depressing yeah. i i think veronique um who i know you know veronique highland who mm. i just had on the pod uh, she made a really good point in her very smart book um about how fashion is you know it's like fashion always is like the cultural like kid brother it always gets like picked on kind of and it's like you know it's like no one says how are you making you know an opera in a time of war or no one ever no one ever or how why do you go to a sports game in a time of war like it's all the same thing people are like oh you went to a fashion show you know and you're like oh my god it is kind of interesting how it does you know a lot of reasons but how yeah. it gets um picked on a little more than other cultural moments that we yeah. have that we enjoy yeah and and of course you know i i do understand that there are certain parts of the industry you know and 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 they have sort of gone yes. a little bit in, in overdrive that yes. are ridiculous like they are just too stupid fast for fashion obviously i mean yeah there's so, so many, many things there's yeah. so many things so i think you know when you start yeah. focusing on that yes but you know you can do that with any industry and creative exactly. industry like you can really start questioning a lot of things yeah uh, and i do think fashion has a bad rap in in that case but yeah. there are also i have to say there are some parts that we should ridicule and it's like it's okay to ridicule some parts of what 100%. we do because there are some things where i'm like really is this how we're no, you know it's really out of touch yeah. and and yeah out of touch with this world um all right so one last question and you can answer with whatever level of honesty that you choose what's next for you i'm so curious if you're gonna stay in the industry do something entirely different i mean i cannot say that much but um i have found sort of my love again for for Mm -hmm. fashion and i've sort of you know with the book and through the book have really sort of seen that um I want to I want to get back in where and before you're super I was talented oh, and you, you need to be working in fashion that's just yeah. my <laughs> but yeah that, that's that's all I can say so let's see where you know where it takes me and where yeah. where it goes so exciting all right well thank you so much for coming on the pod thank you